Hey guys, uh, Rick here, and, and before we dive into the episode, I just uh, wanted to take a quick moment and uh, talk about some stuff that uh going on in people's lives right now, uh, whether it be, you know, the tragedy that struck Moscow and the University of Idaho, or, you know, as far away as the University of Virginia, um, you know, the shooting happened there, or even, you know, kind of Bo and I's personal life, you know, with some friends and family of ours uh, dealing with some grief and tragedy you know it, it's it's a tough time so um just wanted to say from the forks down podcast that uh our hearts are with you guys and um you know some people usually can't get through the grief but we we you know we're here for you and uh you guys i can't speak for Bo, but if you guys need to talk or anything you know my my inbox is always open whether that be on facebook or if you have my personal number so you know we're there for you you know now, without further ado, let's uh, get on with the, today's episode. One, two, three, Come one, come all, and welcome Mariners fans to another exciting edition of the Forks Down Podcast, your favorite podcast that talks about anything and everything around the Julio Rodriguez experience. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, the face of the Idaho Vandal drumline from 2009 to 2013, Bo Chisholm. Bo, what's going on? What a, what an what a, what an introduction! Um, that, I'm uh, that was a mouthful. Holy crap! Uh, um, uh, man, it, there is a lot going on. There is a lot going on. I am uh, I am utterly excited today with the news of Julio Rodriguez um, winning the Rookie of the Year award. Um, should have been unanimous. Yes. I'm not going to be upset that it wasn't unanimous, but. Um, all it all it all comes back to him uh, just being uh, just the face of the Mariners for the next couple of years, and it's uh, just very exciting to see. So uh, so very happy today. Yeah, how about yourself? Yep, I- I'm doing well. You know what? I think we could take some solace in the guy he lost the uh, one vote to, being Adley Rushman. Uh, go Beefs! You're gonna hear that a lot. Uh, both Bo and I are big. Well, Bo more so than me. Uh, big beefs fans like I I would probably consider myself a casual fan when it comes to that but uh Bo uh I think you even have the Pac-12 network uh just to make sure you can catch your beefs games when they're on there so yeah I'm I'm, I'm excited with uh Julio getting the uh award and I really really don't want to hear from Astros fans anymore because it is painful I I think I'd rather sit in a chair and get my teeth pulled on a dentist than uh have to listen to them some more so you know i would say george kirby should have even beaten jeremy pena to be honest with you to tell you the truth i think that i think that i think that george kirby and we can just jump into it here if you have anything else but like george kirby had such a good season and jeremy pena like you can yes the postseason was whatever we can go into that for whatever but he won postseason awards but like george kirby had a phenomenal season Jeremy Pena was not very good in the second half of the regular season, like at all. Right. No. So like, 
Um, anyways, it's a, it's a regular season award. Julio was better for over a period of time rather than a period of like two weeks. So, um, anyways, uh, anyways, very excited. Um, Julio's the man. And, uh, I think next year, um, very well could be an MVP award coming Julio's way. So, um, it's good to kind of start the award collection now. Yep. Silver slugger, uh, rookie of the year. I mean, two, two big awards. So. Uh, we got a pretty uh, big show for you, so before we get started, I just want to uh, you know thank everyone again coming back, listen to us uh, ramble and rant and rave about our Mariners. Um, you know, like I told you last week and the corresponding weeks, find us on Twitter, Forks Down Pod, uh, Facebook, Instagram. All you got to do is search Forks Down Podcast. We will come up, hit like and subscribe. All your podcast listening apps. Um, you know, give us, give us a download and, uh, help us get those numbers up. We just, you know, means we'll get more visible. So, uh, yeah, you know, just, we appreciate you guys helping out and, and we're looking at the numbers and, uh, are, are very pleasantly surprised by what we're seeing. You know, I, I'm really happy with, uh, the plays we're getting and the, the number, our audience, you know, so we hope we can continue to grow upwards and outwards as always. So, with that being said, Bo, holy crap, big week. Uh, you know, not just for the Mariners. We had a lot of transactions. Uh, I, I, We mentioned something last week about Eddie Diaz getting a deal. And I, that just set off like a bad a bad trend of relievers getting paid too much. Would, would that be fair to say? That is fair to say. I would say if there's one reliever... <laughs> like that maybe makes sense. Like you could make a case that Eddie Diaz might get that, especially for a team that um, like the Mets that, you know, they're obviously going to be want to be in it and they're very close to the top and, you know, they have a very dominant guy to end games with. Right. Um, It's just a lot of money to give to a reliever, right? Like Eddie Diaz um, when he was with the Mariners was rock solid um, he went over in the Kalenic deal, Kalenic and uh, Robinson Cano, and moving those players around, right? Um, but then Eddie Diaz kind of was a little up and down, right? Like, he had a pretty yep. good, I think it was uh, his first season there, and then his next season was really not good. I think he had, like, a 5 ERA. Um, his COVID year was okay. His 2021 was fine, but I think it was, like, a mid-threes to the high-threes ERA still. And he was awesome this year, mm-hmm. right? So, like, it speaks to a little of, like, the volatility of, like, closers in my mind, um, which is yep. why I'm surprised, which is why I'm surprised that he got got what he did because um, I just think there's a chance that it might be kind of up and down for the next five years for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just, you know, it you can make a case, like you said, with Eddie Diaz, but then you know, the Padres come out of nowhere and give Robert Suarez a deal, big $50 million deal. The Astros give Rafael Montero, I think it was three years, $43 million. It's like, but why? Like, especially Rafael Montero, he's been really volatile. He had one good season this season. That's great. He was with the Mariners and had a six ERA, you know, Robert Suarez. I mean, yeah, cool. You can bring him in in any situation, but does he warrant almost $50 million. Not really. Not, not in my mind. No. 
Yeah, it's like, uh, where do you want to, I mean, it's really like, where do you want to spend your money on, right? And it's just, uh, I think Jerry's taking the route of, taking it back to the Mariners now, Jerry's kind of taking the route of like, I'm going to kind of piecemeal, right? I'm going to kind of take different pieces and claim people like Luke Weaver, like Gabe Spire, um, like mm-hmm. Paul Seawald in the past, right? He's going to try to bring little pieces in to kind of make a bullpen, right? Because bullpens are kind of, I don't know, somewhat short-lived or like ephemeral things, right? Like they may not be very good one season. They may be good another season. Like they kind of go up and down, right? So like, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a lot of money to spend on relievers. And maybe in the Mets case, it makes a little bit more sense. But Robert Suarez, Rafael Montero, um, there's just a lot of money to spend on relievers. You must be really confident that your your pitching is very solid, your offense is very solid. If you're at a point where you want to spend and drop a whole lot of money on the relief side of things, right? Which that's obviously not where the Mariners yeah. are, right? They have they want to put their money probably on the offensive side more. But um, man, yeah. you got to be super confident in your team to spend money on relief pitching. I guess. I I guess we've been kind of spoiled as Mariners fans uh, watching Jerry do what he does because. Uh, you know, someone like a Paul Seawald was kind of considered a reclamation par- uh, project where we claimed him and we didn't know what we had. And he morphs into one of the better relievers, you know, in clutch situations, you know, throughout the league. So I guess we were probably spoiled uh, paying so little for our bullpen and getting the results that we did, um, you know, kind of switching gears from that. Uh, the, the other big news is, uh, Qualifying offers went out on certain people. And obviously, the big names, uh, Aaron Judge in particular, uh, got the qualifying offer. Just so you know, if the Yankees do lose him in free agency, they do get a little kickback. Uh, The one name that I I brought up to you kind of throughout the week when it got released, uh, which was kind of surprising, was uh, Jock Peterson. Uh, We talked about him last week uh, being a potential fit. you know, I like him, you like him, and uh, I I kind of think it hurts our chances him getting a qualifying offer. Uh, also, I think he accepts because he'd, you know, get paid more than just about any other contract he's had in the league, you know. Uh, so it, that kind of was a blow to us Mariners fans. No, I totally agree. And we were talking just um, kind of taking a deeper dive into the numbers that Jock Peterson would actually be a pretty good fit for this team. And it's, uh, I think mm-hmm. he's, um, I think he's going to accept that. Um, obviously the giants loved his offensive performance as well. And I think it's likely, yep. I think it's likely that he's going to accept because I just think that's leaving a lot of money on the table. Um, and you don't know yeah. what kind of deal you're going to get. And now, especially you have, draft pick compensation tied to you. Um, it's just going to hinder your market all the more. So um, I would fully believe that he's going to accept that, that qualifying offer. Yep. Yep. And then the other, the other big news that happened today, uh, we're shooting on a Monday. So 11, 14, uh, Jason Hayward got released from the Cubs. Uh, you know, definitely had a lot of hype coming into the league. Uh, you know, when he was with the Braves, you know, got, got, traded i think it was traded to the cubs uh was known for his his glove um so it'll be kind of interesting to see where he goes uh, i don't think he's got a fit on the mariners uh just because we're looking for more offense but uh just something to note you know yeah and i wanted to add with jason hayward i you know i think the it's not super noteworthy for the mariners side right but it, i think it's noteworthy in the sense that um 
you know, Jason Hayward signed uh, signed a massive contract to go with, um, to go play baseball at the Cubs, right? Like a pretty big contract. Mm-hmm. Like it's like eight years, close to two hundred million dollars. And I feel like Jason Hayward's a little bit of a poster boy for like this is what happens when you sign like these big contracts, right? These are the these are the risks that you run, right? Um, well, you can go to Albert Pujols and countless others that have kind of had these contracts that just didn't turn out. Um, you know, Jason Hayward was one of those, right? So I think that's well in the Mariners wheelhouse. I think the, like the calculus that Jerry and team are putting into it, right. Is, uh, is the eight year contract that we're going to offer Xander Bogart's worth it is, you know, the money that, um, we might give Trey Turner worth it. Right. Which I don't really think that we can, and we're going to get into it if those guys are really feasible at this point, but like, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Jason Hayward's a little bit of a of a use case of like should we spend this money? Does it make sense um, going forward? Um, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how uh, we'll see how the Mariners if they want to take a similar route and kind of sign somebody, or if they want to you know kind of avoid that holding to begin with. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those a lot of those transactions from other clubs outside of maybe the the Jack Peterson news. Uh, didn't really have much bearing, but uh, the Mariners themselves made some splashes uh, this last week. Obviously, the big news: Julio getting Rookie of the Year. You know, I I think we can uh, stop beating that dead horse. You know, he also got the the Silver Slugger, um, so great season. He's getting awarded for it. You know, um, you know with that. But Mariners claimed Gabe Spire uh, and outrighted Ryan Barucki, Casey Sadler. Also acquired Easton McGee from the. Red Sox, so uh, you know we're we're bringing in a lot of pitchers that uh, could be the next Paul Seawald, maybe. You know, who knows? But uh, yeah, I think uh, it's kind of uh, it's kind of what Jerry does, right? The to a to a T, what he kind of does. He kind of moves people in and out. He brings people in. Um, the Gabe Spire one's interesting to me because uh, he's pitched a little bit in the in the majors. Um, I think the big wing with him is that he's left-handed, right? And uh, yep. the Mariners' bullpen right now is a hundred percent right-handers. The last time I, the last time I looked, especially with uh, Baruki being gone, mm-hmm. right? Um, yep. I guess the one that the one that I'm kind of, and uh, I think I think I share this with the Mariners community is like uh, Casey Sadler. Like I thought, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, like Casey Sadler was the one that I thought like. I thought he liked it here. I thought that was like a slam dunk to kind of bring him back. Right. Like that was kind of my belief was that he was going to be somebody that we absolutely wanted to bring back. And I don't know mm-hmm. what happened there, but it just seems like we couldn't get something done or put, so, couldn't get something across. And, you know, now he seems, now he's a free agent. So, um, I, I, I think we certainly shouldn't look at it as, as he doesn't like the team or like the city or anything. I think there's a chance we do bring him back. Um, you know, I, I would be very hesitant as the Mariners just because he's been hurt so often. Um, and it's not like he's taken up a roster spot or anything, but like, um, you know, the last two seasons, he's only pitched what 35, 40 innings. Um, so I, I can get where they want to go elsewhere. Um, I, I do hope deep down that they, they do bring him back. Uh, you know, just hearing some interviews with him, uh, seems like a, a great guy, good good clubhouse presence uh, to be out there, you know, in the bullpen with some of the younger guys like the Andres Munoz and the Penn Murphys and, and all those guys out in the bullpen. So I, I do kind of hope that they bring him back. 
so I was looking it up. Do you think with the Mariners just – I think I saw somebody pick Andrew Chafin to the Mariners at one point, right? Which yep. seems kind of yep, odd. I saw that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I am wondering about the left-handed side of the game now for the Mariners out of the bullpen, and I'm just wondering if that, if that is truly an option. I don't want them to spend what we've seen spent on relievers so far this offseason, but um, – No. Yeah, I'd be curious. What do you no, think about that? I, uh, I think Andrew Chafin has one of the best facial hair games in the league, so that would definitely be a great, great factor to bring into the bullpen. But uh, you know, quietly had a really good season with the Tigers. Uh, saw him pitch at the end of the season when we went to that that last series of the game and then shut down the Mariners' offense. So uh, I think he'd be a good pickup. Um, you know, very, very big veteran presence. Um, you know, he's been with the Tigers. I think he started with the A's, if I remember correctly. Um, so I, you know, I, I would like it if we picked him up. Uh, now as for like money, like numbers, like if we're getting into Montero and Suarez numbers, like uh, pass, I'll pass on it. Like, you know, three years. 15 to $20 million sounds about right. Anything over 20, I'm, I'm going to be very critical on, but yeah. Um, and then, you know, everyone, you know, to kind of switch gears here, everyone started adding people to the 40 man. Uh, I know one of the people we added to the 40 man roster uh, is one that you kind of like in our minor league system. Uh, what did, what did you say to me the first time we talked about him? Uh, he's got the a plus name. What, how did, how did that go? Uh, well, in, in the scouting, in the scouting world, right, it's uh, 20 to 80, right? That's the range, right? I feel like Prelander Baroa, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, an, that's an all-star, like 70, 75 grade name, man. I just, it just, it just rolls off mm-hmm. the tongue. Prelander Baroa, man. Um, yep. But he is, uh, yes, the Mariners did bring him. They're going to add him to their 40 man to protect him from being drafted in the Rule 5 draft. Um, he's, uh, I think we wanted to talk about prospects in general today, which I think we'll kind of dive a little bit further into, but, um, yeah, towards the end, towards the end. Um, but I guess on him, right. Um, he just, uh, he came over, we traded Donovan Walton for him earlier in the year. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's, uh, he's exciting. He had a really good end of the season. Um. I mean, really good, I guess. Pitched in, pitched in double A, right? But he pitched in, uh, yeah, he pitched in double A for a little bit, pitched in mm-hmm. uh, single A, high A for a little bit. Um, you know, he's got a pretty wicked curveball. I mean, wicked slider and on top of a 95 plus fastball. Um, you know, and I'm, you know, like, I think we've talked about before, right? The Mariners have done pitching really well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, I'd be really curious to see if he's an option earlier on in the season. So. Um, I'm excited because I think yeah. he, I think he was somebody that actually very well might have gotten picked at the Rule Five drafts because um, a lot of promise there, especially to one of the teams that may not be contending. Because um, I just think there's a lot of promise and a lot of uh, potential there, and uh, he's a pretty good lottery pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Baroa got added to the 40 man roster. Uh, still, people that are unprotected that are on the Mariners roster or in the minor league system. As of now, Jonathan Classe, uh, Melkar Perez, I, I think I'm saying that right, Robert Perez Jr., Caden Marlowe, Travis Kuhn. We're going to go into some of these guys towards the end of the episode. Um, and obviously, they have until uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday 
uh, when you know. So the day that this will get released, they'll have six p.m. or till six p.m. Eastern to add more to the forty-man roster, um, and that goes for every team. Uh, just looking at some of the names, uh, you, you see a lot of uh, a lot of top prospects in there. I, I think, uh, Bo, you've got a couple from Arizona that you really like. Yeah, so coming from um, Arizona, like guys, a couple guys that might be available in the forty man, uh, available in the Rule Five draft. Um, two Dominics, Dominic Canzone and Dominic Fletcher. Um, both of those guys um, had really good years at Double A. Um, they got called up to Triple A. Um, Canzone struggled a little bit starting into Triple A, um, and Dominic Fletcher kind of. Continued being pretty good throughout the rest of of the AAA season. Um, I uh, I feel like both these guys profile well as um, <clears throat> quality outfielders. Maybe both as like quality right fielders, which I think is a spot that uh, is a little open for the Seattle Mariners right now. Um, I think there's a pretty decent chance that the Diamondbacks protect them both. But um, again, they both play the field pretty well. Um, they've hit pretty well with the bat. Um, I think Dominic Fletcher is the, is the brother of David Fletcher from, um, the angels. There's a little bit of pedigree there. Um, Dominic Fletcher is probably the one that I like a little bit more hit 301, hit 368. Um, you got a fairly decent walk rate. So, um, you know, I think you're in the rule five draft. You're kind of taking a little bit of a lottery pick on somebody that you're, um, you know, you've kind of seen that, uh, Maybe not hasn't been all the way there, but it's got a really good potential. Or you have a hitting coach that sees something in them, and you try to bring them on. So, um, yeah, we'll see if anybody the Mariners take anybody. As the Mariners being a kind of contending team that they are, I'm a little skeptical that they'll pick anybody. But um, who knows? And if they yeah. do, I think those two guys, if the Diamondbacks don't pick them, would be would be nice little picks. Yeah, uh, some of the names that I'm sure are going to get protected. Um, but are Rule 5 eligible if they don't get protected. Grayson Rodriguez, uh, O's, uh, Orioles uh, prospect, number four in the Major League. Diego Cartera, uh, Dodgers catcher, number eight. Um, two people of note that are Rule 5 eligible. Um, one, both of them we know pretty well. Uh, they were involved in a Mariners trade earlier this season. Uh, Noel V. Marte and Levi Strout. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, no LV is probably going to get protected. Uh, but what what do you think about Levi Strout? Like, you think he gets protected? Uh, I would think that he. It's a tough one. I th- I would think that he gets protected, right? I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both those guys, um, Levi. Levi's a good, Levi's tough. I don't know where I stand on Levi, but certainly no LV. Um. I don't know if I have a I don't know if I have a good opinion on where Levi Stout would end up. But given that the given that the Reds traded for him, I don't think that they're going to want to just let him go either, right? So, um, pretty decent chance that yeah. he uh, that he gets on the forty man and stays protected. Yeah, yeah. You can go to MLB.com and look at all the Rule Five draft prospects. Uh, again, a lot of these guys are going to get put on the forty man. So, um, you know, and uh, as well as the Mariners. Uh, Prospects could be added to ours. You know, it, it'll be uh, seen by tomorrow, or I guess as we post this uh, episode today. So a um, couple other things to note, just some news uh, news that we saw. Uh, Mitch didn't get a 
Mitch Haniger, you know, uh, didn't get a qualifying offer. Um, and the Mariners are interested in Brandon Nimmo um, and a couple other players, uh, one of which is a player I've actually never heard of until his name got brought up. Um, I can't even say his first name, but his last name's Yoshida. Masataka, Masataka Yoshida. Yeah. Thank you. Masataka, Masataka Yoshida. Um, yeah, the Mariners scouting him. I, I think the Mariners, we're going to, my, my hunch is this off season, we're going to hear that the Mariners are in on a lot of people, right? Like, um, and the Mariners are doing a lot of things, right? Like, uh, I think I saw, I think I saw the, uh, Jerry didn't, Jerry wasn't listening or watching, um, the rookie of the year announcement because he was on the, the phone trying to make a trade deal of some sort. That's that's I saw. So it's like, of course, like the Mariners are going to be busy. Yeah, the Mariners are going to be looking at a lot of guys this offseason. So it's no surprise that they're looking at maybe some help from um, Japan, right? Yoshida, mm-hmm. um, lengthy career in Japan, right? Um, hit really well, really recently, right? 336, 449, 559 slug um, in, in 2022. Um, he's 28 years old. Uh, he'll be 29, I think next year. Um, for me, what I, I, I kind of, the player that comes to mind for me is Kasuke Fukudome from, if you're familiar with the, I think he was on the Cubs back in the yep. kind of the <clears throat> late, late, yeah, late aughts, early teens there. Yep. Um, yep. so that's kind of the player that comes to mind. Um, you know, didn't really have a very lengthy career in the majors, but he had a couple, you know, this first couple of seasons with the Cubs, I thought were, were thought were just fine. Right. Pretty, I mean, mm-hmm. pretty good offensive player. Um, so uh, yeah. And um, you know, I think the, I think the discipline on the, on the, on base side, right. Walks a lot. I think that's really important for the, especially for the Mariners control the zone side. So um, anyways, Yoshida would be a, would be an interesting ad if they want to bring him in, but it might be another guy that we just have questions about if they're going to be able to fit or not, which I think we've already talked about though. We don't know if that's going to be a really long-term fit for what the Mariners want, but, um, you know, if everything else goes, goes South, um, I think it would be a good option. Yeah. And it's, it's not as easy as just going out and signing him. Um, he is still young enough that we would have to compensate his team in the Nippon Pro Baseball League, which is the Oryx Buffaloes. Um, we would have to pay them a posting fee um, just to uh, negotiate with him. So uh, I, I see it as maybe a, uh, you know, like you said, a deal that if, if other deals break down, then we can get in on him. Um, it's going to take some time for a lot of teams uh, to, to, you know, talk to him. You know, because he is coming over from Japan, and um, some of those deals can be a little bit trickier. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely see him as a good alternate uh, to deals. I, you know, it still remains to be seen what we're gonna do. Uh, you know, especially with the free agent shortstop market, the 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 shortstop gang. I think as we called them last episode, uh, because Jerry really keeps uh, flip flopping on what. He wants at the short spot position. Uh, I saw some places that he kind of doubled down, saying JP was our uh, was our shortstop now, and and will be at the start of the season. But I just I I really really can't believe that if he can try to lure a guy like uh, 
Xander Bogarts or Trey Turner, um, heaven forbid, Carlos Correa, you know, one of those three, like, they would actually move somewhere else and keep JP there. Um, you know, so, like, again, we're, we're just still waiting on some, some concrete news. You know, we're going off by what happens on trade rumors, the rumblings, you know, the the Seattle times, you know, they're, they're a good source for that. Um, but it's just, I don't know. We've got so much off season and, you know, it seems to be already flying by with, with stuff like, uh, you know, Spire and McGee coming on board and, and all these relievers getting all these deals. It, it's, it's starting to really kick off. Yeah. The off season. Well, and I was wondering about, cause like last year they didn't get much of, any off season, right? Cause of the lockout. So like we had that flurry of everybody that signed on like the last day of November and there was nothing until, you know, basically the end of March. And then there was a flurry of stuff after that. So they didn't really get a regular off season. Right. So I think everybody kind of wants to just take a little slow. Um, even though I feel, we feel mm-hmm. like things are still moving, you know, pretty frequently with different signings and everything else. But, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of news on the big kind of big free agents thus far. Um, and I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, maybe not until the winter meetings. We'll see, start to see some of that more of that pick up. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay, Bo, I'm going to throw a name out here just because it's in our uh, it's in our outline for this week. I, I, I just want like a one or two word answer when I throw this name out. Here we go. Gene Segura. Uh, no. Okay, I just, you know, I just wanted to let your thoughts be known, not just to me, but to our audience, uh, how much you really do not want Gene Segura back. <laughs> mm, how about no? Okay. I'll good, double down. Good. How about no? Okay, well, I guess we're probably on the same page as that, you know. Um, switching gears uh, a little bit. Uh, we, uh, again, off seasons in full swing. Uh, what we wanted to bring you guys this week was, uh, the prospects, you know, uh, we talked about last week, the free agents we could pick up, uh, you know, we, we kind of prefaced in our first couple episodes that, uh, you know, we had a lot of guys in the minor league system doing stuff. Um, Bo, I, I know you follow, uh, the minor leagues a little bit closer than I do. I wouldn't say I'm a casual fan. I could probably name you our top 10 prospects at any given time in our system. But, uh, you know, I just don't have the stats to back them up. So Bo, you're going to kind of school me today on, on some prospects. Obviously we've got our big ones, Taylor Dollard, Emerson Hancock, Harry Ford. But, uh, you know, what, uh, what are we feeling there? I mean, it seems a little empty after trading for Winker Suarez and, and later on Castillo. It's a pretty empty, it feels pretty empty now. I think the Mariners have been, I mean, I'm trying to think, I think they've been in the top, top 10 farm systems for the last couple of years. Right. Um, Jerry's mm-hmm. done a really good job at rebuilding it back up. But part of the reason you build it back up is to trade away players at one point. So you can go, you know, contend, right. Which is, that was exactly what they did to go get Luis Castillo. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when I look at like the Mariners list right now, and you look at like the prospects that have come through in the last couple of years, right? Um, the pitching is what sticks out, right? Logan Gilbert, George Absolutely. Kirby, 
Um, and you can look at maybe Matt Brash as part of that as well, if you want to include him there. Um, and it's kind of a similar thing with the Mariners top prospects. Now I feel like there's a lot of guys that are actually getting pretty close um, uh, that um, very well could be knocking on the door next year. Um, but we kind of keep on, I don't want to say finding these guys, but we kind of keep developing them. I would say, right. Taylor Dollard is one of those guys that's really high on, um, all the lists, I mean, that you mentioned, uh, Emerson Hancock, we obviously drafted him. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, the other pitchers was, um, you know, those are kind of the two big names. Um, both of them pitched in uh, Arkansas this year. Yep. Um, which Arkansas is Arkansas is a little bit, Arkansas is a little bit odd. I don't know how maybe you kind of perceive it, but like we don't really use Tacoma as like a true stage in our developmental system, right? It seems like, right? It seems like we, mm-hmm. it seems like when guys get to Arkansas, that's really like the AAA. It kind of seems like we kind of use we kind of use Tacoma as like a way to like cycle guys in and out, right? Yeah, I, I look at Tacoma as the taxi squad of the team. If someone gets hurt and we're not signing anyone or making a trade, then we're going to go to Tacoma and bring that those guys up. Uh, we saw it. What doubleheader was it? Was it against Houston where we brought up uh, that one relief pitcher, Brendan Bernardino? Right. Um, you know, so basically if you're in AAA, uh, you're, you're – you know, first line of defense when we need someone to come fill in in a pinch. Um, but yeah, double A is definitely the development stage. And it's it's not unusual to see someone, I think George Kirby did it, go from double A to the major leagues in our system. Um, I don't know if that's the norm through the rest of the league, but, um, it, you know, certainly for the major or the, the Mariners. Um, major league development like it's it's not uncommon to go from double a to the mlb so. well i mean that's what julio did too right um and that's yeah. a little different it's the offensive side but um yeah i guess they just really don't like the park factors in tacoma and the pacific coast league is it's a hitters kind of pa- paradise right so like it really inflates offensive numbers and i think for the pitching side right it would really not give you an accurate representation of <clears throat> probably the pitching performance right so um i uh and kind of diving more into the prospect side i'll like uh the, the guys i think to keep an eye on right um taylor dollard uh, emerson hancock bryce miller um adam Mako, um those guys at the on the pitching side i think when it comes to double a next year and then um somebody we already mentioned was prelander baroa um prelander baroa solid fastball solid slider uh, maybe working on kind of that that third pitch, fourth pitch. Like it seems everybody's always working on that third pitch, fourth pitch to try to elevate themselves. Um, but yeah. these guys are, and um, you know, I think we, I think one of the points that I think we we had was like Flexen and Marco still might get traded, right? We still might move those guys to go get, I don't know, a second baseman or another outfielder or something, right? That kind of that's kind of is an option out there right now. Um, and yep. I feel like we do have, I, I mean, I, again, I, I will still go on. Like, I still like Marco. I think Marco's a good fifth starter, but I think he can probably sweeten the pot, right? You're getting two starting pitchers, right? For some sort of deal, but I'm pretty confident, mm-hmm. right? If we do want to move those guys that we've got, um, we've got a lot of options ahead of us. Right. So, um, yep. 
uh, we got a lot of options, especially at the AA level, especially our in-house options with like Matt Brash and a bunch of other ones. So um, I don't know. I'll be curious to see how much they trust, like trust these guys. If they want to bring them up, give them a shot. And, you know, we've had some success with Kirby and Gilbert. So um, it'd be awesome to see one of these guys thrive at the major league level. Yeah. I, I definitely want to see someone like, uh, Emerson Hancock come up and, and do something. I mean, obviously he's a top prospect, but, um, you know, he's been in our minds since we drafted him. Uh, I think he was out of Georgia, correct? Correct. Yep. Correct. Yep. Okay. So out of Georgia. Um, but you know, one of these younger guys too, the, uh, the, uh, Montezes and the Gabriel Gonzalez, I really hope they develop and maybe won't, we won't see them soon, but hopefully they develop into something that we could down the road, road, uh, bring up and, and certainly have do something. Uh, Robert Perez, uh, I, I, we were talking about him before we started the show, uh, kind of looks like an Adam Dunn type hitter, true, true to outcome player. Uh, but he won the Arizona fall league home run derby. So, I mean, that's gotta account for something, right? That's right. Yep. Uh, that's right. He's, um, yeah, it's a home run or a strikeout. Um, with occasional walk in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, Robert Perez jr. Um, it's good to see that in the Arizona fall league. And then a couple other, um, kind of tie me into there, Rick, I've got, um, a couple of other guys in the Arizona fall league that kind of stuck out to me were, um, uh, Brian Wu on the pitching side. And I think just always word of caution with the Arizona fall league, right? It's you only, you know, it's only a couple of batch of innings, right? But Brian Wu did pitch. Yep. Um, he did pitch 10 innings in, um, in the Arizona fall league. Um, did really well, had 16 strikeouts, um, four walks. Um, and, uh, he was another pitcher. I think at the end of the year press conference, Jerry kind of mentioned as somebody else that's, know very much coming very much going to be a next batch of this kind of next cycle or this next wave of players for the mariners um and then we also have uh alberto rodriguez um he pitched i mean he he, uh he hit relatively well in the arizona fall league 243 349 on base percentage and a 351 slug um he's a guy that uh he actually might be a little closer um he did come over from a trade at, with Toronto or he originally signed with Toronto. Um, he's somebody that's mm-hmm. a little closer. He might be here um, a little sooner than like guys like Montes or um, Gabriel Gonzalez, some of those other guys. So he might be here sooner rather than later, but I think you mentioned um, you mentioned, you mentioned Lazaro Montes. And if there's one guy that um, if there's one guy that I would put um I want to say like untouchable, but um, somebody that I really like is Lazaro Montes. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, he was an international free agent, international free agent signing, and um, kind of at that same level that he, he signed, kind of at the similar level that Julio signed at, right? In terms of like where his ranking at was, um, where his international ranking was at, and so there aren't a lot of seventeen year there aren't a lot of seventeen or eighteen year old kids that are gonna get super highly ranked um on the top prospect list and they're unless they're kind of game changers right unless they're kind of these guys that are really set to be stars that a lot of people believe like a Jason Dominguez or um try to think some cases like uh even like a julio but um you know Juan Soto, yeah. Juan Soto wasn't a highly wasn't a high 
um, international prospect or like high on the list that is. Tatis was like number 30 on his list, right? So like some of these guys are just kind of lottery picks, right? Which that's kind of what they end up being. <laughs> you don't know what you're always going to get out of the out of the Dominican or the Caribbean, right? So, uh, but Las Montes had a really good season in the DSL. Um, struck out, I did strike out quite a bit, struck out about a third of the bats, but I would kind of expect that for a 17 year old kid. So, um, yeah, he's the one guy that I think I would be, I would probably be, it's not untouchable, but he's the one guy I would like to see maybe get another year under his belt and see what we got out of him. Um, the, the, yeah. the real one sticks, that sticks out the most for me anyways. And I think we talked about Cole young, right? That was somebody that I wanted to, yep. to bring up and um, just kind of pick your brain yep. about how do you feel about, how do you feel about Cole young um, Mariners first round pick this year and kind of where he fits in with the Mariners organization. Uh, the last season after we drafted him, um, we, I was watching the TV broadcast, uh, and he was at the stadium and they ended up bringing him up to the, uh, booth talking, sitting down with like Dave Sims and those guys, Rick Riz talking with them about, uh, you know, his experience there so far. He seems like a very likable kid. Um, you know, he, he was drafted out of high school. Uh, shortstop, uh, plus hitter. Um, I I haven't heard too much about his defense. He seems like could be a uh, at least an average defender. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited to to see this kid and see how he develops. I mean, I I think in our our last couple drafts, uh, Cole Young was was definitely a, a good pickup. Uh, Harry Ford a couple years ago. Um, I mean, he's on some big boards, our number one prospect. I know you you thought that he could be used in trade bait, and he probably won't ever see the uh, Mariners uh, 40-man major league or 26-man major league roster. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, I, I hope and pray it's not another Jason Veritek situation or, you know, where we, we – trade him thinking, you know, he's not going to develop and then, you know, helps lead the team to a world series. So, um, yeah, but those guys look, look really good. Um, there's been a couple guys though, that have been, I I don't know, kind of in the, I don't know, the pipeline as to speak. I just don't feel like they're going to do anything at the major league level. Caden, uh, Polkovich, I I can't say his name and Zach Deloche. I, I feel like, their names have been popping up the last three or four years and there's uh, never any development with those guys. What's, I mean, can you tell me what's going on with those guys? Cause I, you know, I'm not trying to sound like I'm a casual fan, but like you just look at the big board and it's, they're always on there, but they never seem to be progressing. Yeah. I'll, uh, so before I get to those guys, I have to bring up one of the things I was talking about, but we talked about earlier in the episode was like relief pitching. Um, and like why we shouldn't pay for relief pitching. And I wanted to bring up Heathcliff Slocum and you tied in Jason Veritek beautifully there. That, that was who the Mariners traded to go get um, Heathcliff Slocum. So don't pay for relief pitching mm-hmm. because you might lose Jason Veritek and Derek Lowe. So well done there, Rick. Yep. So anyways, um, uh, so, so Zach Deloach, <laughs> so Zach Deloach and Caden Polkovich. Yeah. They've kind of been, I would say puttering around in double a, right. Um, They've had 
I don't know, moderate success there. I would say maybe your average level of player, right? Um, but I think that, and I, th- I think there's a decent chance that both those guys actually do get bumped up to Triple A this next year because they've spent a couple of years in Double A now, and I feel like it's probably the next step of their progression is just to kind of get them to Triple A and you know put them on that taxi squad as we like to say there, and just kind of see if we have any injury, see if we have any um, buddy that you know we have a d- bigger double header to kind of give those guys maybe not bad to see what we have there, right? Um, but I mean, yeah. the realistic standpoint with these guys is, you know, I wouldn't expect, um, you know, I'm not expecting any all-star performances or anything like these guys, right. These might, these might be true kind of quad a players. Um, but I guess on that note, um, I think when you look at the Mariner system as a whole, it makes a lot of sense why they went out and got Cole young, right. Because, um, this is a, this is a pitcher heavy pitcher heavy kind of at top, right. Um, yeah. And sure, we had Noel Vino Marte last year, and we had Edwin Arroyo, so that kind of really hit us, right? Those would have been two guys that um, we'd be talking about now, very highly in the, <clears throat> very very highly in the Mariner system. Um, so it makes sense in that from that standpoint. But Cole Young's a guy that I think is, and it makes I think Cole Young makes sense long term for the Mariners. I think he will stick at shortstop, um, and he had a really really good start to the year in com- in the complex league. Um, in addition for a couple of the games that he started in Modesto, um, I would expect that he starts in Modesto again this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, the sky's the limit for that kid. I think he's going to stick at shortstop long-term. Um, and you know, I think the plan with everybody is to be the, the shortstop of the future there. So, um, one, one thing Mm -hmm. on Harry Ford, do you know, Harry Ford stole, how many bases did Harry, Harry Ford stole 23 bases this year as a. I, I did not know that he stole that many bases, but I know he has some speed. Now, now bear with me because sometimes they aren't the best judge of a player. But uh, <clears throat> when you play on MLB The Show for PS5, shameless plug there, uh, he has like 80 speed. So he was known for his speed, um, or at least is known on a national level for his speed. Um, so it, it's not shocking to hear that he had... 23 stolen bases. I know when we drafted him, you said something about how, I mean, he's a catcher now, but we, we foresee him not sticking at catcher because he, he does have the plus speed and probably, you know, it would help lengthen his career a little bit, getting out from behind the plate and playing like a, a left field or a right field. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Cause I think obviously, right. Obviously he's position blocked right now. Right. Obviously, that's with Cal Raleigh. Harry Ford is yep, still yep. very young, though. Like, I think he's nineteen, about to be twenty, pretty soon, right? So, um, you know, Julio's the exception, not the rule, right? It's very likely that Harry yep. Ford is maybe, maybe in the minor leagues for the next at least maybe two years, right? Maybe three years, maybe beyond that. Um, yeah, I, I think the Mariners are going to try him, probably try him at a different position here and there, right. Just to kind of see what they got. Um, and that might also mm-hmm. bump up his trade value. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised. He played a lot of games at DH this year. I think two, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, was he, was he battling an in- injury? Why was he playing a lot of DH? Not that I remember. Um, not that I remember that he was like, uh, yeah, he played 49 games at DH, um, so I don't really, yeah, I don't really have a good um, understanding of maybe why he played that many there. Um, but uh, maybe they wanted to keep his legs fresh. I mean, again, 
I mean, it's it's not a secret. You know, they probably want to get him out from behind the plate, regardless if he's used for trade bait or or you know going forward being a part of the Mariners' future. Like, yeah, it would probably be smart. It takes a special breed. I'm not saying he's not a special breed, but look at Cal Raleigh and look at him, and you know they're they're kind of just built different. So yeah, and I uh, but I mean I still think uh, I still think he's heavy trade bait. Um, he starts the year Modesto, and the sky's kind of the limit for him. We'll see if he's we'll see if he's with the team come after the tread de- tread deadline next year. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I did want to plug a couple other guys here. Um, uh, we have Tyler Locklear. Um, mm-hmm. he came out of VCU last year. Um, really, really hit the ball well in uh at VCU. Um, he had over a 400 batting average at VCU. So, um. Really tight, kind of top college pedigree. Hit twenty home runs. Um, had a really mm-hmm. good start to um, had a really good start as to his uh, to his major league career in the minor leagues. Um, he plays third base now. Might be might be a little bit more projected for a first base role, but um, he's somebody I think you can keep an eye on going into this next year. Um, mm-hmm. And then kind of going down further down the list, we've talked a lot about Perilena Baroa. Um, certainly somebody to still continue to keep an eye on. Um, and other than that, I think you can keep a guy, keep an eye on Jonathan Classe, um, Jonathan Classe, Gabby Gonzalez. Um, and then I think kind of wrapping it all up here, we have Cade Marlowe, who is, who was on the Mariners taxi squad going into the postseason. Um, another one of those guys that you seem to see on the prospect list every year, but hasn't done anything in my eyes. So maybe enlighten me a little more with him. Yep. No, that's fair. He's, uh, he might be a little bit more of a quad a player as well. Right. Um, yep. Might be a guy that just kind of comes up and, you know, fills a role, fills a need at one point in time. Right. Which, yeah, I, I think there's always those places for those guys. Um, yep. I think Cade Marlowe, um, he did pre- he did hit pretty well in Double A last year, close to 400 on base percentage. So, I mean, if that on base percentage keeps, continues to go up, I'm all for it. Um, he did strike out kind of on the he did strike out a little bit on his first chance at Tacoma last year, but um, he's somebody that I I expect you'll see Cade Marlowe in a Mariner uniform. Um, sometime in 2023 at some capacity. Um, but, uh, maybe don't, maybe don't expect to get that kind of top level performance there, but, um, you know, somebody to definitely keep an eye on. You'll probably see him at some point. So, um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, that's kind of wraps what? up from, I think from what I've kind of seen the prospects. Side. What else you got? I, I guess the one question I have, um, for you on this, cause again, I, I go to you when I think about prospects, just because you, you know, you kind of know what's going on in those systems. Which of these guys are we going to hold on to? And which of these guys do you think we're going to trade? I know you said Harry Ford might get traded. Um, but do you think we hold on to most of these guys or what, what are we doing there? So I think we hold on to, I think we hold on to some of the younger guys. So, um, Lazaro Montes, um, Jonathan Classe, some of those guys that are in their earlier twenties, late teens in some instances, right? Um, yeah. Probably including even maybe a Harry Ford, right? Um, but yeah. 
I think some of these pitchers are targeted that they might, they might, I think, get moved because I think you're looking at Taylor Dollard, Emerson Hancock, Bryce Miller. Um, you know, you're looking from a point of strength, right? So, like, if you're Jerry, right? What are some points of strength that I can go move to kind of fill my holes of you know stronger points, right? And the Mariners yep. just they've seemed to have figured something out on the pitching side. I don't know what it is, like. You know, the Guardians and the Indians, the Guardians slash Indians for years, right? Like, they kind of kept producing pitchers, it seemed like. Carlos Carrasco, Corey Kluber, um, Aaron Savale. Like, they kind of kept just kind of creating pitchers, right? Um, and the Mariners have kind of started their own little pipeline with that, right? And I think teams are taking notice of that. So, um, yeah. I think a, a team like the Cubs that have always had just a terrible time trying to develop pitching prospects, um I think that they would be a good trade partner for the Mariners in the future um, and a handful of other teams, right? Because I think that these pitchers are, they're developing really well. And I think that um, they're going to be some of the, some of the high points to be targeted kind of in this off season. And then I think when it gets closer to the trade deadline. Okay. Okay. Yes. I mean, again, I like to go to you when we have prospect questions, because I mean, you, you seem to be in the know. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a casual fan here, but uh, we certainly uh, we certainly look at the game different sometimes. You see more of a clear, uh, bigger picture than I do. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so that, that about wraps that up. Did you uh, – I, I know we talked to this at the, the before we got the show rolling. Uh, did, did you have a trivia question for me? Oh, you said you had one um, in the back pocket. I had one in the back pocket. Yes. Um. So I, I hope this is a little easier this week. I felt like last week they all those guys were really close. So I felt like that was, felt like that was a little too much. So, um, I liked last week. Last week question. Okay. Like that was a fun one. So you, you know, if you hit me with a hard one, you know. It's all right. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. Let's 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 try to let's try to do this. So today, Julio Rodriguez won the won the Rookie of the Year award. Okay. Okay. Rick Clark, can you name me the four other Seattle Mariners that have won the Rookie of the Year award? Kyle Lewis, Ichiro. Um. Uh, Alvin Davis. That's three. Uh, so the last one is pretty difficult. I probably should have made you just pick three, but the last one is tough. So if you get this one, all, all kudos. You've got three so far. That's correct. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't someone like Alex Rodriguez. Uh, can you give me a time frame on when he played? Or are we still at era? So he, he played in the era of Ichiro Suzuki. Did he? Ooh, was he a pitcher? He was a pitcher. Was he a relief pitcher? He was a relief pitcher. Was it... Ah, crap. Kazasaki? Kazasaki won the Rookie of the Year Ooh. award. And, uh, I, they went back-to-back, didn't they? They went back-to-back. 2001-2002? Well done, yep. I yep. nailed it. Yep. yep. Actually, you know what my first thought was? Oh, relief pitcher. Julio Mateo. No. well done you've redeemed yourself well done well done well done yes so i've been sitting on that for a whole week going i need to redeem myself i just i need it 
Now you can throw hard ones next week. At least I got one right. You know, that's all I wanted. Now it's all downhill from there. So <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, as we wrap up, Bo, I mean, uh, you got you got any other pearls of wisdom for our audience or me or in general while we're still recording? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah, it's the, tr- the off season. It's just fun to speculate, fun to talk about what's been going on and uh, the future of the Mariners and um, – yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun to do that, and hopefully uh, we'll continue to do that for the next couple of weeks. And um, no, man, just super fun so far. So uh, thanks for all of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We uh, when we start in that uh, Gonzaga basketball podcast that we've been talking about, Gonzaga basketball podcast. We'll call that disappointment in the Sweet Sixteen. That's the that's the title of that. That's the title oh, of that podcast. Boy, that um, <clears throat> that you just. You just took the shiv and put it in between my ribs there. That one hurt. I had to bring you down. Da- I had to that bring you hurt. down from that from that from that trivia question. So um <laughs> I was I was riding the high there, dang it. Mm-hmm. Riding the high. <laughs> uh, anyways, folks, for all our listeners out there in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest and beyond, thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you next week on the Forks Down Podcast.